1: Now here are your hosts: Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, Pure Athlete yeah. a transcend race hombre, Matt Butler, I don't talk <laughs> man, I back it up, and we are song full of that. man. am right, and Jeff Howe, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, cause stone cold sets so. up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Yeah, it happened. Again, (laughs) here we are. We're not, we don't, we can't even get out of the month of September. Man, following this program without, Rod, as you say, the fit hitting the shan. Man,
2: yeah, we all gotta do the grown up thing. You know, when you drink too much and you Mm -hmm. realize, like, man, I've drank too much tequila or too much Bud Light, whatever it is. And you gotta be a grown man and go in there and face that toilet pole and Mm -hmm. put your finger down your throat. And force yourself to vomit up all of that, you know, poison. All that
1: poison. It's been a long yeah. time since I had one of those moments.
2: Yeah. Uh. Well, I'll plead the fifth on when last time I had mine. But well, actually, I just recently had to do it because I that burnt orange Kool Aid that I drank. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta force myself to vomit it all up because I got drunk on it. Oh, and uh, man. I, and, yeah, exactly. I had a, I had, I had a moment of reality, and I was like. Why I don't even know why I said I said nine wins. I'm gonna stick with it now because I'm, I'm yeah. doubling down at this point. Like, what's the point? I mean, mm-hmm. well, you're pot, your
1: pot committed on that. Yeah, nine. I mean, yeah. I didn't give
2: so many reasons why it can happen, so now I'm just gonna have faith in Tom Herman. But I gotta say, it didn't look like a nine win team to me,
0: and that's
1: team from a guy that bleeds, burn orange, and nicknamed yeah. Kool Aid. You know, what I mean,
2: and so it might be eight win mm-hmm. team, it might be a seven win team, but it don't look like a nine win
1: team. I said eight, but even I'm wondering how they're gonna <laughs> exactly. do that. It's a 34 29 loss maryland this is longhorn blitz with horns 24 7 i'm jeff out let me bring in the rest of the team He is the match of the soundboard the drop machine extraordinaire matt butler matt uh other than other than the play mrs lincoln how was it oh <laughs> other than other than that mrs lincoln how's the play or whatever the analogy is oh
0: there were plenty of them rod was actually breaking down the of mice and men earlier but maybe we'll yeah. learn more about it
1: oh yeah love yeah, that tom herman used the uh that's how you know you get you, compared you, his reaching. team to I, I guess compared them to lenny and of mice and men yes and I'm yeah. not one to have read much. Was it a much. bunny
2: or a puppy? It was a bunny. Did he? I well, never he read it. it. It killed the bunny. It's a while. It's been a it while. It gets darker
1: <laughs> than animals if you read the book. Yeah. No, I, it's
2: <laughs> a long time ago. It's, it's been a minute. since. It's been a minute. I'm going like, to go back and read again. You know what? Tom Herman inspired me. I'm going to go back and read of Mice and Men. Probably. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and That'd read be that a good like, radio
0: show. You and Gary yes. Johnson read it together. Like, no. See if you would come on yeah. and you could have a reading club. Did you hear? Andrew Luck does this book club. And he was like Andrew looking so. Hank, yes, he does. And he talks on awesome. Instagram. And he's like, oh, yeah, July. I can't wait for Hank the Cowdog. And Man. it's like him and all the fans of the Colts, they review books together. They have a book club once a month. That's
1: I don't really know about Andrew awesome. Luck's book club, but uh, at Captain Andrew Luck on Twitter might be the best damn thing on Twitter. Oh, since when don't he's a Civil War.
2: Uh, Captain, yes, no doubt Pretty good Yeah, like his
1: latest tweet uh, Dearest mother, the unit has returned home But we have no time to relax (laughs) The Tiger men are looking for another battle And this time the stakes are real Scouts report their unit marches our way Guided in the night by the glow of Captain Dalton's fiery crown (laughs) Anxious, Andrew (laughs) I like the alliteration of anxious, uh, Andrew I just love it, man And he's
0: coming back from being shot in the arm yeah, oh, yeah he's,
1: he keeps talking about his uh, his yeah. sidearm is firing at a much <laughs> greater rate than before, but still not <laughs> b- battle tested. Oh, uh, it's great! Uh, a man who's I'm been battle laugh about that. Oh, there we go. A, Get I'm away from the longhorns. A laugh. Yeah, a can. man who's been battle tested, uh, as one scout called him at one point in time, the best damn gunner. In the NFC North. Damn straight. That is a correct statement, is it not? I believe, Rod?
2: I believe that to be, yeah, the truth. That's awesome. There yeah. you go.
1: At least, hey Rod, That's you were the, the best the crop, at doing best in something world. in the National Football League. Hey man, you wouldn't That's best make,
2: in the world. You wouldn't go make a roster if you weren't the best at something.
1: There you go. Yeah. And uh, our our lockdown corner here on the show catch a lot of checks. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All American, 2002 semifinals for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas in a 40 acres where he earned his degree. His tiering is on the way, and when he gets it, he will wear it proudly. But in the meantime, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts. Mr. Rod Babers and Rod, um, I'm actually glad we're recording this podcast today and not like Saturday evening or Anytime time during the day on that Sunday digest it. when I was just full of P and V and just, yeah. I mean, cause look, here's the deal. Um, covering this team, I covered the last four years of Mac, all three years of Charlie, two years of Tom Herman. I'm tired of writing about the, you know, what show at the cluster, you know, what factory. Yeah. Like it's just old man. It's not fun. Like, even maybe that first year under Mack, it was maybe, like, getting into diagnosing why things went wrong and what happened. And then under Charlie, it was just some of those losses, man, were just sad. But this one's just disheartening. Because let's start with this. Maryland's not a good football team. No. Mm-mm. They might win
2: six or seven
0: games. Yeah, they're hoping to be bowl eligible. Yeah. Hoping to. That's yeah. that what their goal is. They're
1: no better than fifth in their own division in the Big Ten. Pretty much. They're not better than Michigan. They're not better than Ohio State. They're not no. better than Penn State. They're not better than Michigan State. So Texas lost to a team that at best is a middle-of-the-road team in the Big Ten. That's thing number one. Thing number two, and, and this is where we'll start, and this was my big takeaway from the game. We'll talk about the end because you have to with this game. You can't brush that aside by any means because that is a becoming a systemic problem mm-hmm. with this program is being able to finish off close games. Yeah. But, Rod, we sat here on this show last week. We talked about it for the last few weeks. Everything going on around this Maryland program was going to have those kids probably ready to when that moment came where they could just focus on playing a football game and nothing else. Maryland was probably going to come out on fire probably get ready to give Texas everything they got. They're going to come out smoking with both barrels. And Texas better be ready because if not, it could be in a dogfight for four quarters. And guess what? Even though they lost to Maryland last year, even though Maryland did the same thing to them last year, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. though the, all the signs were there why you should be ready for this game, and I even, you know, driving in to to do the show this morning, Casey stuttered spent some time with Bucky and Aaron. I heard Casey calling it a trap game. And this isn't me disrespecting Casey's opinion because we've had Casey on the show many times. I respect Casey's opinion. How the hell can you say the season opener be a trap game?
2: And a guy in the team that beat you last year says a trap game.
1: And Casey, in his defense, did say afterwards, yeah, it's a game played of emotion out I wanted to get in a fight. So that tells you where Casey was coming yeah. from. But, Rod... Not a trap game, in my opinion. They weren't ready to play. Yeah, and there was no emotion. There was a, there was a. You can't even call it a scuffle, but right, right at the end of pregame, when both you punt and then you meet at midfield and you huddle up, man, those Maryland kids were hype. They're yeah. jumping up and down and they're trying to start some stuff with Texas. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe this should have dialed me in that things were going to be different. Mm-hmm. The Texas kids just kind of stood there. Yeah, they didn't engage.
0: For the past decade, it sort of seemed as if the Texas Kids at times don't get that when the other teams face in Texas, it's like almost a Super Bowl. Like everybody wants to beat Texas, only because it has that name brand. They may feel, hey, we are just as good or we think better than you, we don't get the respect y'all get just because you have that nameplate on the front of your name. And Texas gets other teams showing up, especially when you're at home where add all the factors you're talking about when you have, you know, whatever, Maryland, all the stuff over the summer. You can easily see that these teams come out and for like the past decade just haven't seemed to have that next level competitiveness at times. It just randomly won't be there. And
1: what's worse, Matt,
0: that team beat you last year. They don't fear you.
1: They're no. not. They weren't. Maryland was
0: not scared of Texas, and that's the one thing you even heard Herman saying that last week about it. When it was, it, that's why it's frustrating even more so for Texas fans. To know that and then see them that performance in the first quarter because the first quarter you look at the plays, and I mean, it is a couple of brain farts here and there, and everything else is just seem to be lack of execution. It's like you can be as good as you have been all summer, but still doesn't matter if you don't perform well and don't execute. That's just gonna be what happens,
1: Rod. Where do yeah. you want to start because I you can go a number of different directions. I was first, I mean, quarter. It, it's Unacceptable doesn't even begin to me to describe how you can go into the game and, and not be ready to go right from the jump. Defensively, they weren't ready. They weren't, ready. they weren't ready to defend the jet sweep. The offense was discombobulated until the middle of the second quarter, which we'll get to that in a minute. But I just don't understand, Rod, how in a season opener with everything we talked about with a team that beat you last year, and you've talked all offseason about how things are going to be different and we're close and yada, yada, yada. Man, at the end, it's 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 the one thing. It's the one thing this program has done consistently this decade. It's talk. Yeah, it's talk. Didn't perform. Um, I think the uh, you know these are issues,
2: uh, and this Longhorns fans are uh, losing it, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. It is a loss to Maryland, uh, but I think it's all pent up over the last eight years. No uh, doubt, because the issues yeah. have persisted over three different regimes now. Uh, the end of Mac Brown's and tenure, all throughout Charlie Strong's tenure, and now even the second year of Tom Herman. And it's the same issues. And you know, we've been asking the question, you know, is Texas back? Every year we start asking that question, making our big pro- projections and predictions. Uh, the truth is, we, we might start asking the question, is Texas football broken? Mm-hmm. Because there are several smart, really good football coaches who try to fix it, and they can't really do it. That's... They can't figure it out. And, yeah. and I, I don't actually know what it is. I, I, obviously, it's not just one thing. But... They, it materializes on the field, and to us, just observing, it looks like the same issues persisting over and over again. And, yeah, I think I, think, I knew Todd Orlando would have issues. I mean, I said that he was going to scrap that game plan. Whatever he, he came out with, he was going to have to scrap. He just had no idea how Matt Canada was going to attack him. I expected that, actually. Um, what I did expect him to do was to adjust. He did adjust, just not as well. Um, and there were some guys I expected to play well on defense that didn't play well. I think what was most disheartening was that, you know, the team initially, just watching them, and you talked about how you saw him in the pregame, you know, they started out the game with a penalty. You know, Colin Johnson literally was not ready to play. I mean, he <laughs> literally uniform. had a uniform violation. He was not ready to play. He had to be removed from the field. And then, then they the put next in Brandon Eagles, emblematic. and then Brandon Eagles, there was a miscommunication between he and Sam about the play, which was obviously probably scripted, and they were going to go to Colin Johnson initially when there was off coverage, man-to-man there. And so they kind of started out, you know, always in a funk. And then they had the penalty. And, they, so, and, and that really was kind of a microcosm of the entire first exactly. quarter. I know that I like that they threw it deep to Devin Duvernay, something I said they should have been doing from the jump. They did try to pass to open up the run. But the fact that the offense doesn't have anything they can lean on as their bread and butter. Even, you know, Matt Canada, we don't I don't know what Matt Canada's known for in all of the tent poles of his ideology. But he ran that jet sweep to perfection versus Texas. And he ran it over and over again. And he built things off of it, play action, different stuff off of it. He just found a weakness. Yeah. And he kept using it. In Texas, when Texas had something like that, or when they had the up tempo, when they went to the second quarter and they scored on a six play, 69 yard drive. Keontae Ingram, big part of that. Trey Watson was a big part of that. Little Jordan Humphrey, I think, had like a 24 or something yard reception during that drive. That's when Texas looked their best, and yet you didn't see that ever again the entire game. Like, you didn't, you, they didn't run the up tempo ever again. It's like, well, it, it worked really well. Why not break it out? Why not run it again? And I think that's because they don't have an identity, don't know what they want to do from down to down. The Keontae Ingram decision that coach said, I didn't want to play him in the second half because I wanted experience, you know, to me, I mean, I could be wrong about this, and I like Tom Herman. I think that's just him grasping at things. I mean, that, didn't make mm-hmm. any, that doesn't make any sense. Because if kids, you're worried about If you're, if you're going to prioritize experience because you think a younger guy is going to hurt you, then why not apply it to the quarterback position? And he said you know what specifically what I mean? like he never,
0: ball security. He, and I still don't understand why one guy these He, that you he feel never
2: is. he never talks about that. We've talked about it now it's a it's a trend with Sam Ellinger late in games, game on the line, USC, Oklahoma State, um, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. now Maryland. He turns the, the ball over. Well, a lot of that's inexperience and immaturity. And some people would say Shane may not do that. And yet so he won't apply that logic that he applied to the running back position, to the quarterback position. So it's, it's just weird to me. The guy was averaging over six yards a carry. He obviously had figured something out. Like, I mean, he obviously was a, um, I would say kind of a matchup advantage, but his running style and mm-hmm. his vision, all right, were working with certain plays. And even Sam Ellinger, the reason Sam Ellinger won the damn job was because he has dual threat ability, right? He had seven rushers for 30 yards. 24 of those yards came on two design run plays. They were like these uh, slow play counter option, quarterback option, whatever mm-hmm. the hell they were in the fourth quarter. And he got double-digit gains on both of those. And I was like, well, we never saw that earlier. Why not break that out earlier so that you can build on that concept? Now you can have play action and pop passes Mm -hmm. and things like that. It's like one thing works, then use that one thing, and then when they adjust to that, you have a counter adjustment. I don't see any of that. So Tom Herman, I don't know who who he thinks he's fooling, but he needs to call the damn plays. It's over. You were wrong. Except the fact that you were wrong about Tim Beck and everybody else was right. And that's hard for coaches to accept. because like, "Nah, my guy will get it. My guy will figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, and Charlie Strong, I think we all agree, he did it to a fault.
0: And, he, so, and this I was the it. exact point he made the decision. Yeah. Game one, the next – And but it's but like, like, dude,
2: it's obvious. It doesn't work. And if you ended up calling the plays or influencing the plays more – during the second quarter, it was obvious. It it it's it it's it, it, it jumped off the television screen. It jumped off the film.
1: Can I yep. give you the breakdown, so, Rod, of that?
2: Come on, Tom.
1: If, if you, you got to do it, man. If you take out the uh, Ellinger to Duvernay touchdown, which was after a sudden change or after a sudden change on a punt return, a great punt return by Brandon Jones, and that was a one play, thirty yeah. nine yard drive with the touchdown. Uh, take that out. Texas had seven. Started the game seventeen plays, twenty one total yards. Yeah. And then you look at the second start of the second quarter in the middle of the second quarter when you went tempo from that drive through the end of the and half that drive. Yeah. 17 plays 155 total yards
2: oh man it was it ain't rocket science it's pretty obvious it's that football Tom, Tom Harman decided well it is football like I said, Rod. Tim Beck is a great he, he, he might be a great coordinator from all I know obviously he's work, he's a coordinator at the University of Texas so he, he's pretty damn good at what he does. Right. But he's not a great play caller, yeah, man. I'm telling analysts. you, when he's got to stop calling plays, when certain things don't work, he can't really visualize looking forward. He like chess; he can't be two, three steps ahead. He ain't a freestyler. You know I mean? Yeah, <laughs> he's exactly like a studio rapper. I always said, you know, and I made that analogy before. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. And, that, and people will say, "Oh man, that's ridiculous." No, it's not ridiculous. That's the truth. He's just not one of those guys that can that can actually when the game plan doesn't work as you know as predicted. He cannot scrap it and go, okay, I know this offense so well. I know what it needs to be run. I know the personnel so well. I know who needs to be put in what position against what uh, player and what matchup, and I can make this offense work. I can make it tick. He, does, he doesn't know it that well, man. He's not that guy. Yeah. Like, he's just not.
1: Yeah. And I, and and I know, I think s-
2: he can help you come up with the game plans, but Tom Herman, you have to call the place. It's your offense. Yeah. It ain't Tim Beck's offense. It's the pro spread. It's your pro spread. So you gotta call it, man. I mean, that's just and and you don't have to always do it, but right now, I think that's what Texas needs. He can rely on Tim Beck if he wants to, but it's your I, only, I,
1: it's your only short term option to fix the offense. I'm yeah, right.
2: like I think at this point, man, it's his only option. Now, he can and I don't even
1: know if fix is the right term, Rod, but it can it can be the short term band aid for the offense.
2: Um, I I think I think ultimately he is gonna he's gonna be way too loyal like Charlie was because he has already announced that it's you know basically still a group thing.
0: That gonna do. And what? that basically proves that he's too yeah. low. because at this point Charlie had loyal. made that decision after yeah. a game of mistakes before yeah. it was like okay well we got to maybe do something here going forward for the rest of the season. Right now like you said and pointed out with Tom it sort of is his baby it's just he's still not being a head coach that's allocating and admitting a lot of faults. That's a lot of stuff to take onto his plate right now and when the title momentum of the fans that's what we've always seen sort of swallow up a coach and it seemed like he had the biggest head start of compared to where Charlie was but that wave is almost catching up to where if it continues to look bad you don't want to be on the back end where it's out of necessity you make the change you almost want him to be the coach as we think he is the forward thinking football mind to identify this is an issue we need to fix it before it becomes something that may not be able
1: to overcome I I can respect Tom Herman not wanting to throw his guys under the bus and having the back of his assistant coaches because as a head coach that's what you should do. But, man, all great head coaches make mistakes. All great head coaches, if you've hired a wrong coordinator or you've hired a, a, a bad position coach or a bad strength coach or a, a, a bad football ops guy,
2: yeah
1: and and there's a couple things I want to attack here. Number one, when you talk about Tom Herman's loyalty and the staff structure, it was clear that he valued staff continuity over changing things up. He felt that was what this program needed. Yeah. And you can make an argument for that. Could have made an argument for that in the offseason. Yeah, Texas had a lot of turnover right. in the last and eight years. And my my take on it was, that's not a, that's not a wrong answer. If you want to do that, that's fine. But your product specifically on offense better be much better than what we saw last year. You better have some tangible signs that you spent some time in the offseason figuring out number one how to manage personnel and number two concepts and things you can hang your hat on. And I asked Tim Beck that in the press conference last week, his availability. I said, well, what do you want this offense? When you get into the, the thick of the season and people say, man, the, this is the identity of the offense. And all Tim Beck said, we want to be an offense that can run the ball whenever we want. That's what they want to hang their hat on. Well, that's a nice big picture thing, but you got to have concepts, Rod, and things that you can go to like, hey, look, when all else fails, we know regardless of – Whatever coverage we see, these this route these route concepts will work. We our guys are yeah. confident enough that it can work. Whatever front we see, whatever blitzes we see, whatever alignment they want to shift in, we know this inside zone we can we can get it and we'll get we'll block it well enough to get four or five yards, no question. You didn't see that, and that's my big issue with the offense. Is you alluded to it earlier, Rod? It's almost like you're just running plays. Like you think back to. The, the two best and it's tough to I, I'm not gonna disparage Major Applewhite or praise him or whatever. It's just tough to because 2013 there were times where he was just kind of cobbling together stuff because of injuries yeah. to David Ash and Jay Johnson mm-hmm. whatever. but the two best the two best play callers that Texas has had in this decade to me that had that had the combination of good play calling and an offensive identity were Sterling Gilbert and Brian Harson. and they went about it different ways. Brian Harson's was man, he's gonna run that outside zone 10 times, but you know, man, he's running that to set something up. I don't know what he's going to set up, yeah. but there's going to be some kind of funk or trick play or deep shot. He's doing, there's a there's a, there's a method to the match. You see the layers of the complexity right. building. Yeah. And Sterling Gilbert, it was all about the identity of the veering shoot. It's yeah. like, why don't you throw it over the field? Well, we're not going to throw it over the field because, honestly, I'd rather have my middle of the field matchup be Deontay Foreman one-on-one with the linebacker or safety. Yeah, that's my that's my one on one matchup in the in the middle of the field, yeah. and there were you could see why things were done. It this to me, Rod. It, number one, it looks a lot like the Sean Watson offense where you're just kind of out there running plays and there's really no flow to it, no rhyme or reason. You're just kind of running stuff just to run it. And two, and I think this is the big issue with with the offense right now. When you look at Tom Herman's track record, he's either had one of two things: he's either had a dynamic quarterback at the places he's been. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about like from his first offense when he was at Texas State with Barrett Neely to Ohio State with Braxton Miller or Houston with Greg Ward, a dynamic game-changing quarterback. Or if you look when he was at Rice with Chase Clement or JT Barrett or Cardell Jones at Ohio State, he had dynamic explosive playmakers around the quarterback. James Casey, Jarrett Dillard, Zeke Elliott, Michael Thomas, Philly Brown, just start going down the list of the dynamic guys he's had. To me right now, whatever, if you do have dynamic guys on offense at Texas, your scheme isn't diverse enough creative enough to take advantage of those, and you don't have a dynamic quarterback. So when you take all that into consideration, what does this offense look like? To me, it looks like a Greg Davis offense pre-zone read, where you're just out there with base 11 personnel and saying, hey, my guy's better than your guy, and we're going to go win these matchups. It's all about matchups. And when you've got Roy Williams and Cedric Benson and Bo Scaife, like legitimate NFL talent, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of Saturdays where yours are going to be better than theirs. But when that talent evens out and uh-huh. you need scheme or that little extra something to get you over the hump, it's not there. And that's and, where
0: the rest of the field's caught up to Texas right, the most. And, and Texas
1: doesn't have the first, like I said, so now you're in that situation where you need that little extra something to get you over the hump, and they, just either, they either don't have it or they have it, like they found with tempo, and just refuse to use it. Yeah, I,
2: I, it? I think they have it. I, 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 really, I just don't understand why they don't try to use the things that work. They had, a, they had like an hour and a half. Delay. I thought that was the biggest. They had an part hour and a half delay help. to try to figure out exactly what they did well and how to attack those last four drives they had when all they needed was one touchdown to win the game and the defense. And you could you could say the defense actually did adjust. The defense actually may have used the time wisely because the defense kept giving them chances and giving them uh-huh. the ball back. And they still didn't figure out the tempo worked really well with them. Hey, you know what? Keontae Ingram's our best right he's our best running back right now. We gotta go with the hot hand. We gotta go with that guy that's mm-hmm. actually got the vision right now. He's working, whatever it is, our our run concept. They didn't figure that out. Sam Mellinger running the football. What, why the hell we talked about why he won the quarterback competition. He, and he's more comfortable running the football. He actually would like to run the football more. And I know they may have told him, hey, you're a little dangerous. You're high risk, high reward when you're running the football. But that's his comfort zone. And I think that's what makes him dynamic. When he's running the football and he's a running threat, then the opposing teams, they got to they devote a spy to him. And when they devote a spy to him, that's going to open up passing lines. People say, oh, man, he seems like he's a better passer when he's running. no. He's more dangerous to the defense. More people have to pay attention to his running ability. That opens up mm-hmm. passing lanes. Use so that. You, Yeah, all these concepts <laughs> need to be built. As, it's a chess game. You know, it's not checkers. Yeah, they need to be built on top of one another. These are what offensive concepts are. That's how you develop an identity. Yes, and Raptors then you force-feed the football to little Jordan Humphrey and Deception. Colin Johnson. When you get a one-on-one, every time. I like that. They get a check every time. They put little Colin, uh, Colin Johnson in a slot. That's how he got that deep ball that set up the uh, Kyle Porter touchdown The Devin Duvernay touchdown that was from in the slot. I think that's creative. Just move those guys Uh around. Get them mashed up on a an inside, you know, a safety or or a defensive back, a nickel or a dime guy. But why they don't continue to do that? Continue to build on those concepts that work. I have no idea. They almost just abandoned him. They're like, oh, that worked for that drive. Now we got to start over from scratch. <laughs> All right. Now let's free. A new let's, one. I'm just like, well, no, 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 no. Go back to what was working. Go back to the tempo. Use the tempo. And then use the tempo with a little quarterback run game. And then use that with – and Lil' Jordan Humphrey, I thought he was a Swiss Army knife. He just lined up at the wide receiver. I saw him lined up in every position sliding outside, but – what about him at Wildcat? Why didn't he line up at H-back? Why didn't I see him in the backfield? I thought he was a Swiss Army Knife. It yeah. doesn't matter if you use him there. He can just be a diversion. He can distract. Like, oh, snap hell, motion. what the hell's going on? Exactly. They Not move much around, motion. Around. And then other guys start freaking out. And then, oh, somebody else is open because you were, they were distracted by Lil little Humphrey in the backfield. They thought something funky was going to happen. I mean, what? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. They had all offseason, man, to at least try to figure out something that they did well. And the offensive line, by the way? was not the reason you lost that game. Not the offensive all. line, I, I think, was improved. Oh, and you, you still three. could not yeah. develop an offensive identity behind an improved offensive line. So I, I'm, that's my frustration. That's why Tom Herman can no longer afford to play this game where it's a democracy. The play call is a democracy. Everybody gets to get in on the play calling. You call the play. You call the play. No, no, no. It ain't democracy. It's a dictatorship. It is your offense. You call the play.
1: To your point, Rod, about the offensive line, uh, this is even factoring in two two carries for minus six yards by Deshaun Jamison. Uh, as a team, you average 3.9 a carry. Almost four yard, basically four yards a carry. I know. I know people say, oh, that's still bad. And I was like, nah, it's improved. Compared <laughs> to what we saw deep. last year. But that's yeah. what we're talking about with the offensive line. Like, that's okay, you're, you're showing me there's improvement there.
0: That, that when you go to the middle of the second quarter on, and that's sort of why when we talked about the how they came out and it just was that first quarter, that's really where yeah. the frustr- frustration was because I agree with you from there forward, Rod, looked like the better team and performed well. It was just the fact that you were so putrid, and I don't know how much, now I agree that the players weren't used well and then not executed well, and then it seemed to have some mental mistakes, so when you bury yourself in a hole like that, it's just, you deserve to lose and that's what happened to texas weren't able to overcome because in the back end you're now feeling yeah. the ramifications of your actions you're trailing in a pressure situation on the road even though your defense is coming through getting you the ball it almost came down to us talking like the way ellinger a guy that admits that like he's forcing the ball in because he wants to win and yeah. it's something that I mean, he's a guy that's going to take those chances but if you don't have say the skill set or the experience or you just aren't on Perfect. You're going to make those mistakes. And Maryland, they they were there to at least just take it from Texas whenever given the opportunity. Texas beat
2: themselves. I mean, that's yeah. After ten penalties, what discouraged me uh, was most discouraging. I should say about the penalties. It was like the seniors. It was like veterans. I mean, that was it was Charles who and Gary John. Can we talk about two of those real quick, Rod? And I want to get your your take on it from a player perspective.
1: Go ahead. I know people say, "Well, Gary Johnson, that shouldn't have been a targeted penalty. Maybe it's a penalty. Maybe you know you don't yeah. throw him out of the game for that. That stuff happens." In but football Rod, now. you got to be smarter than that if you're that Gary Johnson, right? You know your linebacker depth is light. You See, know, they but need. in that play, I don't you,
0: know how much he could your have done. Linebacker, right now, I think you know that's just right? a casualty of the modern rules, though. Because I if you look it, at Gary, it, but, whenever he went to make the tackle. He was still standing up. And then when you had that quick sliding of a quarterback, yeah. you changed that launching and point. He launched for his mid-body, and it's just football. Stuff like that's going to happen. It's just with the rules. Yeah. No, I mean. Even if you, you can do everything right, not saying, I don't know if he did that time, but we're going to have situations all year long where some players get affected and honestly, they can't control that's why, anything.
2: Well, I, I, I disagree with that. Well, no, no, I'm not say, no, I'm I'm saying no that. Guys play. in the NFL right now are already talking about how they have to change the way no, they no, tackle. No, no, of course, of, change course, their, of course. Change their, I'm not change saying their craft. that. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. That rule has existed for a while. Yeah, yeah. So you are a player. You have to adjust. That is your responsibility. You adjust. Yeah. You getting yeah. kicked out of the game, you going to jail is your fault. I don't care. It's still your fault. Somewhere along the line, you, when you sit in jail, it might as well have been in jail. But or sometimes there, you can go to in. Go. You know what? This is my fault. Even though that guy spit on me and then I went after him and beat the hell out of him, <laughs> it's still my fault. I probably could have conducted myself a little bit better. It ain't my fault. He spit on me. I should have been able to beat the hell out of him, but I'm in jail now. Yeah. I'm in jail. So yep. what what part did I have in that? Yep. So Gary Johnson, what part did you have in it? Yes, it's unfair. Life not Agreed. life's not fair. Right. Big, big big you know big reveal. <laughs> it ain't fair. So what did, what part did you have in it? And do you need to every now and then go? You know what? I'm gonna let up. I'm gonna get the tackle. I'm going to get it. But I'm, I'm going to let it I go out like a heat seeking
1: missile every yeah. time.
2: And that's what the NFL is trying to get rid of. Yeah. That's what college football is trying to get rid of. I
1: so, know. And it looked
0: like he maybe yeah. had all those intentions in his mind and it still happened, is all I'm so saying. So there's there's three
1: areas of penalties I want to talk about. The, the Gary Johnson targeting was one. The Charles Aminahoo roughing the passer. Like the B.J. Yeah. Foster one. That's one where a guy's jumping as the ball is released. He comes down. He makes contact with the quarterback's head. That's one of those that it's like, yeah. man, that's the one. That's one to me. It's like. What, what are you gonna do? Like it's, he's being aggressive. Yeah. But the Charles won, one he Just took like the Gary Johnson He Charles took two full steps before he laid into Cassim Hill. Like yeah. you've got to be smarter yeah, than that. Yeah, that one was dope. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, I agree with that. You gotta and be then
1: the pass interferences, Rod, I, I don't know I don't know if it's lack of confidence or what, but I didn't see a whole lot of confidence in either one of the two starting senior corners. Chris Boyd drops an interception. Chris that He's pick. not turning his head around I can't on talk deep about balls. In that. Yeah.
2: Um, well, yeah, Devontae Davis, and he picked obviously. And sorry, I didn't left. mean to pull the scab back. On I said, that. I'm not going to pick on him for dropping a pick because I've dropped plenty of them. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Um, but I will say that yeah, I was a little disappointed in. Uh, really, really P.J. Locke was a little disappointing in the back end. Yeah. Brandon Jones and Kaden Stearns, I think, played well. I like the way I, – I think those two safeties are fantastic. And, it, and Jones in the return game? Is a play, yeah, playmaker even with returning. But, yeah, I would say the nickels in the two corners. And even when Kobe Boyce came in, they picked on Boyce. Uh, I expect to see Anthony Cook maybe a little bit more now that we have injuries to – Devontae Davis and Chris Boyd's got like an Neither a one
1: of those guys might play against, might not play against Tulsa. That's what I'm saying. They That's why I expect to see uh, a lot uh,
2: more Anthony Cook out there. Cause I think Anthony Cook's a, a naturally a better cover man than Kobe Boyce. Which I think in the Big 12 ultimately experience is experience now. Experience matters so much. I love though now all of these things that didn't matter before now matter. Now experience. 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 Mm. experience. Chris Warren was really experienced, and, mm-hmm. and he didn't get to play a lot of I, Now experience is a big thing. I'm like, whoa, when did that happen? Like, no, no, we got to get experience out there in the clutch.
0: Like, Fear based. What about instead. the guy that
2: I thought I thought a meritocracy? I thought it was all about people who won the job. Remember that like, you got to practice well, you win the job, you got the job, It's sure you get the, you get to play week to week, you earn it. And it's like now 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 all of a sudden experience experience. And it's like what the hell, man? <laughs> this this uh, the excuses the way they try to spin it is. That's what really is, is 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 infuriating to me as a as a former player, as a lifetime long I mean, now now they were trying too hard. They want to be perfect. It's like, what the hell? Like, that's a thing. You mean you know what I mean? Like, you can give that excuse. I can give that excuse. Like, I I I want I, I wanted it too bad.
0: I tried too hard. I can understand. You by know I mean? Like analysis.
2: I mean, this isn't like I mean I don't I don't get. It. And now yeah the, the 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 Lenny quote from a a mice and men the, the quote that he had about Lenny and. That he explained to Gary Johnson that you know Texas football was just it trying to. It was like Tommy hard, Boy and the his pretty and little pet killing and the rabbit. My <laughs> pet. Like, thank you, Matt. I'm like <laughs> you're trying way too hard to exactly spin thank you for that, man. and to explain away that we got out coached. Yeah, we got outplayed, and that Maryland was tougher than you. And Maryland, even though they go, even though they had an interim coach who don't even know all the defensive <laughs> players' names. All right,
0: I cut myself, and they're dealing
2: with one of the biggest like tragedies. They they went like a month without even summer and winter condition, like summer conditioning. Like they they went like a month without it because Jordan McNair died, and they, it was a big controversy. They're like, nah, we gotta we gotta tone it down and all this. And yet you went up there and you got you really got whipped. I mean, it, you made it closer, but to to start off the game, you got out coached. You weren't ready to play. How the hell are you not ready to play That's to start off the game against a, a team that beat you last year at home? Like you saying mm-hmm. that
1: about Matt Canada when he admitted wow. like he didn't know some of the defensive players' names. Like everybody's been in one of those high school practices where like the varsity head coach wanders down to the freshman. and like Jim, Coach, I'm Bill. Son, it doesn't matter. Get in
2: there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Five, five.
1: Yeah, you. myself. Yeah. myself. Oh, okay, just yeah. call, just calling kids by numbers. Yeah, and
2: this is a guy that's this is not this is not like the next Urban Meyer or anything. People, okay, mm-hmm. this guy is with his uh, what his seventh program in nine years. I mean, this guy moves around. He's a good offensive mind, but it's not like he's standing up – Anybody's going, you know what? Make that guy head coach. He's gonna be fantastic. No, he just kind of falls into a nice little position, and mm-hmm. he's a good offensive mind. And man, he had a game plan. If he doesn't have that stupid uh, speed sweep, which he yeah. got addicted to in his own end zone, yeah. hell, man, Texas gets a safety. You know, man, that thing could end up being kind of rough. If he's a little bit conservative there and just kind of takes it in, they may hold or the momentum. Decision ready.
1: to go for it on fourth and mm-hmm. one. And yeah. on well, 46. no, and that's the no, two I mean, things. Like,
2: he has some situation where he's like, "Oh," but I understand he was like, "I gotta be a gambler." He's, that guy's a play call. Yeah. That guy's a play caller. Sometimes you like, oh, I, that didn't make ain't make a lot of sense. But you like, he was setting you up. He was like, no, I got to keep banging him. I got to keep him worried about this speed sweep. I got to keep him worried about this or that. And it had Texas on their heels the entire time. And I thought he called a good game considering what he was going up against yeah. in and and re- what scares okay.
0: me. Let me get this in real quick okay. because you're talking about a second ago, you know, the experience that we're talking about choosing Watson in in that situation. And it really made me think about the psychology of these coaches and almost as if we're coaching from a fear-based, Psychology, And when you're Texas, you should never be the team with a fear-based psychology that you need to protect the ball. No, if you're Texas, you have the best players. Put your best player out there, make plays, and beat somebody. And then what happens on the other side? The other team is actually not coaching from a fear-based psychology. They are doing actually their bread and butter, like doing my daily fantasy research. I knew, everybody knew that Matt Canada, all he does is build everything off the jet suite. And fun. So the thing was, yeah. what he was smart about, I even did the research and I went through six guys that I thought, he made sure to showcase the guy nobody had seen before because the freshman coming in, if he has that skill set and you trust him to do it, it's a first perfect way to identify your talent yeah. and deploy it in a non-fear-based psychology where you're going, no, I know my strengths. I'm going to use my pieces yeah. to beat your pieces. I don't care that don't you're better than all your yeah. guys are better better. better than me if we execute this precision play we're going to beat your better players because I know what I want and know what I have and I'm going to use it better and when you say I didn't even think about the fear-based aspect until Trey Watson came into the equation but if Texas is already coaching from a fear-based mentality against Maryland in like what is supposed to be your breakout game of your season. You sort of were given a free pass on the first season. That's something worrisome to think about what's in behind the coaches, what they may not even be admitting, but what you can read into by their actions or their decisions. And that's not good.
1: Yeah. Let's get to a couple things. Kind of. Not really rapid fire, but kind of quick here. Rod, we had a question come in. And anytime any of our listeners want to drop us a question on Twitter, uh, Matt is at Longhorn Blitz. Mm-hmm. should be easy to remember. Rod is at Rod Babers. Again, it should be very easy to remember. Uh, I'm at JeffHow247. <laughs> or you can drop me, uh, you know, email us. Uh, actually, uh, Nvela, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, that's the screen name, uh, the handle at horns 247com Just drop me a message uh, in my inbox on the site. And uh, want to know on the topic we're talking about. Uh he just want to know from us uh, how uh, about preparing for an offense you have little to no film on and how to decide between reacting on defense versus attacking uh, against an offense like Matt Canada's. Uh, I'll say this, Rod, and I know you've hit on this too on the Rodcast, which by the way, weekdays one to three on uh, on the Horn, you can catch Rod on the Rodcast, uh, and I'm on with Rod Mondays and Thursdays from two to three. When you look at this offense, we talk about the Jet sweep, but to me, the bigger picture is. And we can say maybe it's funk, maybe it's these option-based offenses, mm-hmm. maybe it's something I think of more going back to the Oklahoma game last year where it's more more some misdirection type stuff. Assignment football. Yeah. Yeah. I think because Todd Orlando's defense tends to be sometimes very aggressive, that's the way he wants to go about things, mm-hmm. I think that's when you can use Texas speed and aggressiveness against them. Look, mm-hmm. every, done that
0: forever every, against offense,
1: every offense that is impossible to stop, has a flaw. Mm-hmm. Every defense that is impenetrable has leaks. Yeah. There's a way to attack. It's just do you have the right stuff within your system to do that? And can you identify in real time and do it during the game? Right. That's the
0: big issue right We now
1: saw it in Maryland last year, dual-threat mm-hmm. quarterback aspect. Walt Bell, they ran a pure like run-based spread offense. Yep, this K-State year with Matt it. Canada and, and the Jet Sweep last year with K-State. K-State did it. did it. We to saw the, Navy, too. Yeah, league. Navy <laughs> against Todd yeah. And go back to the Oklahoma game last year. And I don't know why Lincoln Riley stopped running it. Texas didn't really know either. But mm-hmm. Oklahoma was gashing them with the, just a basic counterplay. Yeah. And, Rod, what is the point of the counterplay? Get them to flow one mm-hmm. way and run it back the other side. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 2013 and, Texas against uh, OU.
1: Again, I just think that's one of those deals where you're just using somebody's speed and aggressiveness against them. It's, just, it's football, man. It's just mm-hmm. simple football. Yeah. There are certain things. I, I think when you're – not to say when you're vanilla, but when you're more of kind of a pro-style type offense, or even if you're just a basic spread offense – Man, if you if if it's easy to make you one dimensional, that's that's right down Todd Orlando's wheelhouse. Yeah. If he can find a way to make you one dimensional, then you're pretty much screwed. It's about the goal. Of you're gonna him. have to, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to beat him left-handed. Yeah. Couldn't make couldn't, Maryland one-dimensional. can do it. You couldn't make you couldn't make K State one dimensional. Big Twelve conference
2: going be yeah. scary. And the reason they couldn't make Maryland one dimensional is honestly
1: because of that speed sweep, but like yeah, they couldn't yeah. stop it. And Oklahoma kind of made themselves one dimensional. You can do that when you got a Baker reason. Mayfield, right? Exactly, you can afford to do that. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I bet you they don't do that this year with Kyler Murray. Exactly, that Agreed. was the best.
0: Yeah. Like literally, if you look in the past decade, Baker's two offenses that OU you finished out if you ranked first and third, but yeah, uh, it was Johnny's offense second and Cam fourth. Yeah, yeah, I believe that.
1: So. That's basically where I'm at on it, right? I mean, it's just there. are Just some offenses that are going to have some aspects in them that are going to give this Todd Orlando defense. And it's nothing and, against Todd Orlando; he's still a great coordinator. You no, know, he is, and, and but, this defense is going to have success this year. We're in the but golden era of It's offense. just do you have the personnel and the ability to make those kinds of things work within your offense? Don't and don't discount the uh, you know the element of
2: mystery. They just didn't have enough film. Period. That's on it. very just, true too. Yeah, and I, Matt Canada played on. That's why Matt Canada. Had those boom plays ready to go early Those, you know, momentum shift plays Those, you know what I mean He, he had those ready to go, man He really did And even the freshman mm-hmm. and nobody knew about It was all based on the element of mission. Texas like, who the hell is this
0: The dudes, is for, dude? The Listen, hell? For perspective, what I mean? real quick The first three touches in that dude's career Was a Touchdown. rush TD yeah. Receiving TD And then yeah. he threw one First yeah. one since Dak Prescott did it dude, uh, You know what
1: I mean? You know when the last time that happened to Texas And I can't believe I had to think about this game Getting the, the you know, information sheet from Mary after the game it's a game you were on the field for rod the 2000 holiday bowl with joey harrington that was the last time texas faced somebody in a single game wow. that had a rushing touchdown a yeah. passing touchdown and a receiving touchdown yeah. both those two guys y'all mentioned quarterbacks this guy
0: a freshman wide receiver yeah, yeah.
2: no no I, <laughs> I so i think the element of mystery helped them out a lot texas just didn't have enough film they just and then they used that element man they surprised texas it's that first quarter that's that was. That was them, you know, throwing everything they had at Texas and really kind of figuring out. Okay, this is what Texas is weak. So they just kept going back to that same body blow, that speed sweep, and Texas. And you know, and, and they went to a four man line. To I think a four-man front I should say yeah. a lot more uh, I think to try to deal with it. They used and to it Kwan, was, they
1: brought to Quan Graham in the game and played Breck and Hager yeah. basically as the b backers. Yeah,
2: and he he was to stand up and I did work. I think that did do a lot. They actually made some plays on the speed sweep later on, but by then the damage had been done mm-hmm. and the defense had to adjust, which means that's Todd Orlando Todd, I don't know, doesn't want to do that. When you make Todd Orlando do that, essentially you've already kind of won the chess match. Because he had to, do, he had to go back to the four-man front, which we know he he prefers not to do. Right. And then once he does that, it's like, oh, well, there are other things that are open. Then you've left yourself vulnerable other places. And then Matt Cannon, start they start to try to attack things downfield, play action, things of that nature. I,
1: I don't worry about this defense long term. Like I said, Todd, Todd Orlando's proven he, he's worth his salt as a defensive coordinator, and I think this defense, when you get into the Big Twelve, they proved against this uh, conference. I
2: wouldn't. I wouldn't. Nah,
1: I wouldn't say that. I think, I, I wouldn't I'll, say I'll that give them either. the benefit of the doubt. I think they've proven I, in this conference. Uh, no, I would say that. But, but, but it's just they it, got injuries right now that are mounting up with them. Well, but hear me out though, Rod. Hear me out though. I, I think looking at this conference. And thinking about how many teams realistically can have those kind of concepts in their run game that they hang their hat on. There aren't too many of them. Yeah, but you know the
2: offensive minds in the Big Twelve, they can put them in.
1: You know they got a speed True. sweep. Yeah. You know they
2: got. Better. You don't think Hogerson's had one? You don't think Gundy's got him? You don't I can't think, believe you no know, they do. But you don't think Cliff Kingsbury's got him? I just, would say at least six of the seven other teams in the Big Twelve right now got that play call, and they have the ability to put in the motions and the shifts and the funk. Right. Unless you've identified the weakness, mm-hmm. once it's been now proven the weakness in Todd Orlando's defense, you don't think the best offensive minds in the country no, in the not Big saying, Twelve that's not what can I'm be able to, And now you got injuries. Now you got injuries, too, so you got teams that can now start to capitalize on just bad matchups, like Kobe Boyce coming to the game, and Maryland was like, well, play caller. Hell yeah, let's go at this guy. That's a reason he ain't starting. Let's go at him right now. And they went after him. Boom, boom, got right. him a touchdown. My so point on it is— I, I wouldn't be so fast to say the defense is not going to fall off. We've seen the second-year defensive right. coordinators and them have their troubles. Don't be so quick to jump i I'm on. willing to
1: give them the benefit of the doubt, is I, what I'm saying. Why? And, and, and again— Why? Why? because i because i watched <laughs> la- because Don't i watched real- i watched last year i watched Todd Orlando make I, adjustments
2: yeah i watched i watched Vance Bedford his first year and i watched Manny Diaz his first year i was there for it i'm just going to give you the, benefit of the doubt. we'll just, just have to agree, we'll just have to agree to disagree they were just as good as Todd Orlando's defense my point is i'm not saying it's going to be bad i'm just saying y- it's overconfidence, and you're doing it on faith, basically, to, to say, like, oh, no, it's definitely going to be just Yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I have to go on, faith. on exactly. right now. Because yeah. there's, no, there's no reason to believe right now. There's no evidence to show that, oh, no, it's definitely going to pick up where I have faith to in Todd Orlando that they, the
1: make, they, they, they that they will make Because all the starts that they will rack
2: up, they had more starts than that Manny Diaz, 2nd defense, on the advanced-bearing 2nd defense. A lot of those starts are now hurt and left. You know what I mean? Like, so they're losing a lot of that experience. Now it's going back to them being inexperienced in a lot of areas. And I think teams are going to try to take advantage of what is now considered uh, a weakness in Todd Orlando's defense in his
1: blueprint. Um, the other thing dealing with defense. And no Michael Dixon, which hurts. That, and we saw that too. <laughs> Boom. We that's also going to hurt that team. We defense. sat here last week and talked about mm-hmm. that was one thing nobody yeah. was talking about: how much of a difference that was going to make that you come no on longer on. had the ability to flip field position. Come on now. And Bushevsky, look, Bushevsky showed me enough that I think at some point he's going to be a solid. Yeah, he for wasn't you. bad. He was maybe but better than Dixon at the beginning. I, I think anybody yeah. that was expecting him to come in and average you know fifty-five mm-hmm. yards a punt and be able to you yeah. know he did down one inside the five though that was pretty nice. And oh, he had a current. handful of good ones. ones when, too when, when you that have led nine scoring. true, true, true. But my point is
2: we go we miss Dixon. That helps consistency defense. of Dixon yeah, you know what I mean? is what
1: you miss. Um, and that was a big part of the defense last year. Rod, you just mentioned him earlier, and this is getting back to Anvella's question. Uh, is P.J. Locke the best option in nickel right now, or would you roll with somebody else?
2: Yeah, they got to think about other options, I think. He's just a little stiff in that nickel position. I think, yeah, and talk about the Big 12 and being able to attack somewhere in that slot. I think they could attack PJ Lock right now. We'll see. I mean, obviously make it a competition, but you might have to think about another. Could another this could this, there. Brand-
1: could this Brandon Jones injury allow you to move PJ Lock back to safety? To see I if mean, that to see if that works. With the
2: injuries right now, yeah, you're a little I mean, you're a little handcuffed in how much you can do. Um I don't could, know. We'll and, see. Todd Orlando can get creative. I mean, I, I know they like BJ Foster now, so I wonder how creative yeah. you know, they can start starting to get That, that was a packages. bright spot, man. Him in yeah. that Joker
1: role, you know. BJ Foster,
2: yeah, yeah, he looked good. He looked good. I mean, I liked how physical he was. Um, he was around the ball. So I, I think I think you'll start seeing some of these young guys, man. Those
1: freshmen, man? Yeah, Stearns seeing.
0: just looked like Stearns, he plugged in I'll, and he was just a safety. I'll throw even <laughs> the guys you saw
1: like on the kickoff team, like Joseph Osai and Anthony Cook, yeah, uh, Keontae Ingram, Deshaun Jameson. Yeah. Those guys didn't flinch, Rod. Oh yeah, no, I liked experience. all the freshmen. It's time to play those. In, guys. I mean, oh, it sounds corny,
0: but at least it's you know a non-conference yeah. game that you lost. So in theory, just but, worry about the conference games. Yeah,
2: but I think there are so many other guys that underachieved on that defense. PJ Locke being one, the Malcolm Roach being another one. I mean, he was he was a non-factor in that game. And I thought Malcolm Roach would actually um, be a guy that they were able to kind of weaponize, and they he was a non-factor in that game too. Right. So I think a lot of guys will they'll, they'll bounce back games.
1: Okay, before we get to predictions, let's do let's do this. Um, just a couple rapid fire questions. Let's go around the horn real quick. Is Tom Herman making the right move sticking with Sam Ellinger at quarterback for now? Yeah.
2: For now, yes, because you don't want to go back to Shane and then you have you're stuck in the Sam Shane. You don't want to create know, a battle spiral. when it's not there yet. Yeah, Can I, because right now I think you might he might be thinking about you know what we're gonna go all in with Sam if Sam self destructs. Then we without it, then we you know said. then we know beyond a reasonable doubt that he is done. Like we're done with that. We're moving on to the youngsters, and I think he really likes those youngsters.
1: Can I give you my theory? Can I give you yeah. my theory on this? Yeah. Let's say Texas, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. Let's say they start one and five, hmm. which right now is is possible. Oh, yeah. man. It's not out of their own possibility. Dude. If you start one and five after a loss to Oklahoma, I don't think you go back to Shane Bouchard. I think if you're Tom Herman yeah. after that OU game, mm-hmm. I think you say screw it. This season's lost. We're going with Cam Rising. It exactly. sounds like
0: that's what Rob was saying too. Yeah, Maybe even it, before that.
2: Well, yeah, and more than because Shane. At this point, you know what Shane is. You just yeah. want to figure out what Sam is. You yeah. know what Shane is. I, and, and I, I cool you I, want him I to believe, be my, to my
1: opinion be able, is yeah. the reason why they're not making the switch. My opinion is this coaching staff does not believe they can win football games at a high level with Shane Bouchel as a quarterback.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think they figured that, that is they my believe opinion. That. Yeah. Whether that's true or not, right? That's what they believe. Right. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. Um, what is the one thing you guys want to see on offense against Tulsa? And we haven't talked much about Tulsa because, oh. let's face it, Tulsa was 2-10 and ten last year. They had to rally to beat Central Arkansas, who's a solid FCS team, but an FCS team nonetheless. Uh, what's the one thing you guys want to see on offense, though? To see
0: confidence and complexity, like we were saying, like actually see the offense evolve into something more than just making individual plays just randomly.
2: Yeah, uh, I, want the be- I-, I want the key playmakers to play, like the best playmakers. And I think your top three playmakers on offense right now are Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, and Sam Ellinger. That includes Sam Ellinger's dual threat ability. I think that opens up the entire offense. Um, so Would those- you throw
1: Keontae Ingram in there?
2: I would. Yeah, I would. I'd put him in, in that right there in that top five. I'd like more Can, we, can we talk? Him? I, real- I want to see the – why the hell is – nothing against Andrew Beck. But you're doing a disservice to Andrew Beck putting him in there on third and
1: 15s. That was what I was going to talk about real quick. Personnel, like – like, yeah, That's what I want to see. Like just understand your personnel. Like, there's no reason if you're gonna go empty backfield in the fourth quarter where you're trying to drive the ball, why Kyle Porter and Andrew Beck? And again, nothing against with? those guys. Nothing against those guys. It's the coaches putting them in spots where but they shouldn't be in. Even
2: Cade Brewer because he's more of a vertical threat. Or Reese Lateau didn't play at all, so but but Cade Brewer it would be a better option because I think he's a better route runner and he can get downfield than Andrew Beck.
1: Danny, Danny Young's proven he's a better receiver and more elusive than Kyle Porter. Like, if you want a guy that's got some experience. And the guy won, he, well, I say won the job, but he at least is high on the depth chart. So, yeah,
2: yeah, if the, yeah I'm with you. The personnel decision is what I that's want to what say. I, That's what I got to see. that. personnel
1: decisions. Yeah. Um, I like to call them. All right, guys. Let's, <laughs> Matt, what is the line on this Tulsa game? Uh, it's now?
0: opened at 20 with a 61 over under, or 60 over under. Now it's up to 22 and a half with about a 61 yeah, and a half over under. Um,
1: man.
0: Oh.
2: Oh, man. So, we, well, we're favored by 22? <laughs> Two? Yeah. Wow. Are,
1: we, are we really sitting here like we going to Oh, I think Texas will Texas cover. Texas is going to cover. Easy. I, nice. think gonna cover I think they're going to cover because I think Tulsa is just terrible. Right? Right? They're awful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we know they what some, they're going to do. Score some. We know they're going to run the veer and shoot, but they were awful throwing the football last year. If you can't throw in the veer and shoot, you're pretty much screwed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, right. I think this will be a lot like the San Jose State game last year. I think we'll see some things. In theory, get resolved, but we won't really know until the following week against USC. I'll take Texas to win. I'll take Texas to cover. I think it'll be a 42 to 10 kind of game. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was thinking Texas along day day the day. same lines.
0: Okay. Yeah, i am go with 42 to th- or 41 to 13.
1: Uh, all right,
0: I'll go 38 to um,
2: 38
1: to 12. There you go. Again, I just think it's a lot like the San Jose State game last year and that we'll have some good things but really no major takeaways because we'll realize pretty quick the opponent is just not very good. Yeah, Yeah. not up to par. Yeah. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videor- videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 101.9 am 1260 worldwide on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Same as plug. And thanks to Matt, you get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast, and get all of our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.